Great Rising. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you're listening to this podcast. I like to say welcome. This is Thoughts of a Black Girl. Um, so I'm here. I'm trying to reestablish myself as being consistent. Um, I do recognize th- those of you who check me out, listen out to my podcast segments faithfully, even if I go weeks, months, or just days, you're listening religiously. And I appreciate you. I I definitely do. Um, You definitely keep the coins rolling in, you know. um, I don't... (laughs) Don't brag off that. Um, And like I've said before, it's pennies on the dollar. But it it's bigger than that. Um, For me, it's not about the money. It's more about the purpose and the impact. And so if you're listening, you're listening because I'm coming with purpose and it's making an impact and you're hopefully applying some or all or getting right some type of nuggets from when you are listening to this uh, segment or these podcasts and from thoughts of a black girl or really in any message that I try to convey I want to convey a message that has purpose behind it or that it's purpose driven or passion driven and um yeah, and I have had constructive criticism. I think I brought it up before where someone, you know, w- was listening and they, you know, said you might want to be open to other people's opinion, right? Or maybe I could come across a um opinionated or um one-sided in my delivery or thoughts. And that would be on the basis of and to be honest and transparent, not seeing things from someone other someone else's perspective, just on the basis that they didn't have the lifestyle that I've had, or they didn't grow up the way that I grew up. I remember telling one of my students, um, I asked her what she did for Easter, and honestly, this was the first year I didn't celebrate, and not to say, you know... Uh, Jesus or Yahweh, Yeshua did not uh, raise rise on the third day or be resurrected. Um, I have been Christian predominantly all of my life, and and the only thing that separates me now from that religion is the fact that I don't believe that there's a hell to go to, or God's not going to accept me. If I say I look into or believe other things outside of the Bible, I highly believe that's a fear monger tactic. And I do believe there's a lot of subliminal type of messages and parables that weren't supposed to be taken in literal context. And I also believe that translations can be lost. So what may have needed to be translated in the original context it could have been taken out of context or can be taken out of context if you do not know the historical timeline of what was happening in those times during those times for example lord the the word lord um throughout times anyone with status is called lord um <laughs> yeah okay so i'm not going really um that's not what i had the seg- segment that's not why i'm on here but i basically she told me you know what her grandmother did for her uh did for them and all these things so then i told my story and so then my story doesn't show a family knit right a close family knit yes very young um I remember being a small child and having family get-togethers and and going places 
going to uh, reunions and everybody. I mean, packed out. Grandma, uncles, aunts, cousins, um, sisters, brothers. Like, I'm just saying, all the family. Uh, uh, the family, the just the bloodline, Faulkner uh, bloodline, when I was younger, when the nucleus of the siblings were alive and... Um, even in the late 80s is when I do remember this. And I think my grandfather, who had a prominent um, historic name and prominence in the town that we're uh, that I'm at right now, um, had a not only impact family wise, but impact entrepreneurial wise and actually being a statement within the community. And so there was a name to live up by and it, and it was great, you know, but then when the nucleus of that line starts dying, who is then called to step up, right? So like when you, if you, if you, um, I'm kind of getting off of what I was saying with that uh, young teenager, but when you have a family tradition and the ones who keep the tradition going get older and then you have nothing but the kids to keep that tradition up it is up to the younger generation it is up to the kids and what we're finding is it's not been kept up right uh, people don't want to put that time in like they did they have they are more self-driven or self-interest and so they just focus on what they got to do with their own um immediate family right if they have a husband or kids or if they have a wife and they have kids or if that wife doesn't get along with that family or that husband doesn't get along with that family right then that that set of family members or that family they stay away or if there's been drama in the past right the the mindset of like how it used to be where things are swept under the rug and people are family members acting like nothing ever happened people are confronted or they're not even, they don't even go around. So they don't have to face those things that they swept under the rug ever. Right. So none of that stuff gets, um, dealt with or exposed or talked about, but just continue to be covered up. And that can't eventually everything done in the dark comes to light. So you can't continue to go forth in that manner. So, um, anyway, I was telling her, you're, you feel, you should feel glad, you know, that your grandmother is in your life and that, you know, she has all of you and she'd make sure that all of you have some type of experience with her Easter egg hunt or whatever, you know, just because I never had that experience with my grandmother. Um, and I really felt like, and I, and I've said it before and I, and I had really felt like there was uh, major colorism, which I didn't have to feel like that. My mother made it known to me there was major colorism in our family that when I was a baby, and I seen myself as a baby, okay? I might be fine as ever now. And I mean, gracing and, and age like fine wine, but um, I was a chocolate little baby and I had a mug on my face. I wasn't like a cute little like, hey, no, I look like I could like scream your head off or hit your finger out my face. Like all the way up until I probably was three years old. I didn't look at my pictures. I looked at I didn't look very nice. I was not smiling. Um, and I was a chocolate baby, which means like, and in other words, black, uh, brown, dark brown. And so a lot of this, this era came from an era of grandparents that would, you know, knows the, the harm it is in the, how the paper bag and all these things, this standard of skin complexion that, uh, that related to being higher or better than the next person. And so, um, being that none of my uncles, uh, and I think I've said this before, none of my uncles really dated within their own race and they dated outside the race. Well, come to find out on top of just knowing that it was on the basis too, we're f where we're from, we're related to everyone. And so there is very, it makes it very difficult 
to find some uh to find someone from the small town that you basically your family your bloodline started and that it not be a relative unless you see clearly that they're not your same race and even now it's gotten to the point where there's a lot of um mixed races because of that here in town you know after 60 70 80 100 years um there's a lot of mixed races within town and um what I have found and what I have realized is even being a mixed race now if if they have if they're from this town and they they have African-American descents in them then they still very much will (laughs) be a relative and so you don't really know so yes the safety precaution would be to date outside of the race but then a lot of people have um migrated here from other places and it's starting to be you know a little bit more mixed um but it's still like I still make my children and like I'm just very conscious minded of that in this area and so anyway um what I was saying was my my uncles dated outside the race. And then my mom and really my aunt and my mom, the ones that are like, you know, my, my, uh, I wouldn't call them my elders, but yes, my, my, uh, the ones over me, right? Like a few generations above me, because my mom had me at 20. So literally a generation above me um, would have been looking outside, not looking for internal. So for instance, my father is from Mississippi. Well, he's from the the inner city the the capital of Indiana but he also when I look into the genealogy of our of my grandparents they come from Mississippi well then I look in the genealogy of my mom's side and they come from Kentucky I mean it's still you know very much south Kentucky Mississippi all those places and then but when my mom found a spouse my dad at that time um she or he found her however you want to <laughs> turn it or spin it but um he wasn't from where we were where she was from right she, he was from out of town and so my aunt also uh she has one child my cousin um and she was from out of town um I mean, her father's from out of town. So, and, and so what I looked at the genealogy is like, and then even my grandfather, my mom's, uh, mom's, uh, ex-husband, he was from Cleveland. So it was like, um, not dating within the, the, the town that we're from because or they're from because it is a small town and we're mostly related but then also they chose to date within the race so if they date within the race which nothing that's wrong with um interracial dating um is preference for or if you're open to it right um but that's what it is right that's that's to me um that stemmed away where not only did or were it was it acceptable um but there was a privilege a, a skin complexion privilege that i believe that my grandmother and her sisters and her and her brothers were accustomed to and all um all of my uncles and my mom did not look at colorism as a light-skinned woman. She looked at colorism, um, she, she seen it as a light-skinned woman, right? And she, uh, but she liked, and like I told the, uh, one of my students, my mom, um, if I mean it is what it is. If you are light skin or mixed or and if you like a dark skinned man, you have to know that 
there is an odd that your child is going to come out dark skin. Now, if that's the case, like if that is something like that you need to make sure you're aware of, because if you are one who is set on colorism or you want privileges given to your child that others may not be subjective to, then you may not have, um, you know, you, it is what it is. If it doesn't matter to you, then it doesn't matter to you. You don't have a colorism complex. But sometimes I just I do believe it matters to people um, and they don't realize. And I know that um, even with my mother, the conversations we had, she mentioned it didn't matter to her. So when she when I was born and she seen that I was dark skinned, she she was disappointed in that. And I have to relish and I don't keep that or have any type of complex, even me bringing it up to being transparent and bringing it up now would make some people think, oh, she must have self-esteem issues or she has this kind of complex about her skin. No, absolutely not. Um, I'm absolutely beautiful. Um, I don't think my beauty would look the same if I was a different complexion. I think I wouldn't be as pretty, to be honest. I think my beauty comes from being um, uniquely who I am. Um, Also, it's bigger than just um, my beauty. I believe that it's inside that I'm beautiful. So that's rare. And then the intelligence on top of it. And then the skin complexion, right? So, um, All of those things encompass my unique awesomeness or who I am. And I don't think it would be taken as impactfully if I was any other complexion. I think that everything that I have been made into being and everything God is showing me or who I am or the creator has shown me who I am and the more power I continue to see that I have and the closer I am in all realms spiritually and in existence. Um, oh yeah. Like a force to be reckoned with for, for seriously. And I, and I'm okay with that. And I'm, I'm better than okay. I'm, I feel uniquely in, uniquely made and chosen for a time as this and I would um and I see beauty in all people in all shades and I definitely see the ugly in all all people in all shades right so it's it is what it is however when people have complexes or feel a certain type of way you have to show them better than you can tell them. And so what I have known I am is a resemblance or a expression of beauty that defies stereotypes, that defies um, socialism, and it defies const- uh, constraints. And so with that a lot of situations even that I have even provoked, invoked, or have experienced in my life with no fault of my own or no choice of my own um, has always been something that goes beyond or outside of the norm, right? Every every aspect of my life, I can honestly say, has been an outlier <laughs> and de- defies it defies what has been set as a standard. It defies what has been set as a stereotype. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I, I'm humbly thankful for that. Uh, there is like, I'm not arrived to where I believe my final destination is. There's no way I'm in my thirties. Right. I mean, I know God, there is so much more to, to experience and do. And, um, however, I do have to take into account other people's opinions. And that's what I was getting to. Other people's lifestyles, other people, the way other people might be raised, the other way other people might have had their, because of their beauty or because of their uh, skin complexion or whatever might have been treated differently by family members. I didn't realize, you know, I was treated differently, but I didn't real. I didn't take it like it, 
just to me was normal way of life. But then when I hear stories of others, or if I, if I hear the stories like my mom had told me, and then I hear stories of these, of my students or different um, people that come across my life, uh, come into my life and tell me their stories, then I see that, oh, okay, that wasn't normal in my life. I experienced that toxicity or what someone would consider toxicity or um, whatever the you know whatever word whatever negative derogatory word you could put in that family dynamic when that is not how another family dynamic is but what I have been able to understand and understand at this point everyone and excuse my language, shit stinks. So it's not like, um, okay, this, my grandmother or this family or I, this person, they were always there or they were there. Uh, my mom, we all stayed in the household because you've got some households, right? Some foreign households, you have the grandparents, the parents and the children all in one household. And they all, I mean, if you run it like that, that's fine. And that's a family dynamic that is, one that some people are, they crave or they desire or wish they would have had. Then those who had that crave and desire, the freedom that not having those uh, traditional um, the repeats, right? Like, okay, well, this they my grandfather or great uncle or all these people were officers so I'm gonna be police officer and I think I've said this before in a segment or or they were all doctors so I'm gonna be a doctor or I'm we're we're just gonna follow suit our family is known for this and I'm gonna keep up with this what our family is known for right and that's not necessarily what it has to be right because you always will have someone or some group wanting to defy odds or do their own thing or be called to do something other than what has been done before them. And nothing's wrong with that. We can shame people. We can do all these things. We can say one family dynamic is better than the other, or we can glorify one family dynamic over another. But at the end of the beginning of each day, like I said, just a few moments ago, everyone's shit stinks and if your shit doesn't stink everyone shits right everyone has to have a bowel movement everyone has to move the bullshit (laughs) okay so eventually being real with yourself accepting that what you experienced in your life accepting who you are fully and then what you experienced in your life is not no less or better or worse than anybody else now you can perceive it to be because you might see all that glitters right and you think all that glitters is gold but it's not right because you have not lived within those realms you've just seen on the outside and everybody seems to want what they haven't experienced or what they don't have curly people curly hair people always wants to straighten their hair knowing that someone with straight hair would love to just have a curly hair opportunity like just if they could have their hair curly they would never be straight right or so just those type of or oh, every brown eyed not now not necessarily I never I don't want to have blue eyes but every brown eyed person probably would mind having blue eyes and every blue eyed person probably wouldn't mind having green eyes right or whatever whatever right everyone desires to experience something that they feel like is outside of them or better than them in whatever complex reason why they would have thought that way whether it's social nor uh social uh things that they learned in society things that they got from school like again society things that they have picked up in programming on television and different aspects so that's just you know but me realizing that mindset and me hearing other people and I'm now I'm at the right appropriate age to kind of break things down and then be able to communicate and say well you know what appreciate this particular in your life because I had this in my life and I experienced that so then it lets the person know like I'm not saying that your lifestyle is better but I am saying that not everybody has it like that so appreciate what you do have right and vice versa for me 
the lifestyle that I have had or not being um, as close with family as I got older or having my mom kind of protect me from the family dynamic because of what she knew for them to be closed off to or things like that, I'm fine with. I see it clearly. I still go around my family. I still accept them. I still love them. I still see them but they also see me in my beauty in my intelligence and thriving right without without family close-knit to me yes my nucleus and those my children and so I have to ensure that they're open they don't have colorism they're open and that they also um know that we're starting our own traditions or that it's important to start traditions And so I am, there are things and I realize like when I'm going to look into my genealogy or when I'm looking at my behaviors or some experiences that I had at all this time, I'm looking at my mother and there's there's some resemblance and some relativeness that I have that I see that my mother has where, where being impulsive or just, you know, up and moving or not really kind of like facing fear and things like that, being fearless and, and, and fierce. I believe I have those, uh, qualities and I think those are qualities. However, um, indecisiveness or being able to, uh, like, you know, people ask me something and I might change my no over time to a yes. I know I got that from my mother, too, because I could just sit around her, give her googly eyes or just ask her again after she told me no about something. And it would be a yes. So I do know that I have that uh, that struggle as well. But I am I'm aware of it. So I'm trying to get I try to get better at it because I do. I I seen it in her and I do see some of those tendencies in me. However, some of my major Things that I've looked at in myself, not not saying necessarily that they're flaws, but some of the major things that I've looked at in myself, I only have seen in my grandmother. If I have not known, if I did not know my grandmother, if I have not went around my grandmother or my great grandmother, like my style, some of my style of the way my style, I, I do recall my great grandmother I mean, her nails, her outfits, her hats. She was a stylish, beautiful woman. And I look at like, okay, my mom was stylish and my grandmother was stylish. And I'm very much so stylish. And my daughters are too. So I know that we picked up a lot of being able to be, uh, to look good and to dress good and to match and just, you know, to be well put together. Oh, that's that's generational and i embrace that completely but i also see that you know my grandmother also had like uh not also literally had um five kids or six kids five baby daddies okay um been married several times now my mother didn't have a bunch of kids if she would have had kids, she would have had several baby daddies, but she had been married five different times, you know, and four or five times. So I have to take that into account when now I'm in my lifestyle or in my life and I've had, you know, six kids, two of which were given up for adoption because I had them at such a young age. But who else can I relate to that had kids at the age I had kids? My grandmother. My grandmother had a child younger than when I had a child. I had my first at 14. My grandmother had her first at 13. So sometimes you have to, when you're going through generational cycles or you're trying to look into your genealogy or you're trying to break cycles or curses when it comes to love lives or family dynamic or when it comes to anything in your life, if you're trying to put a magnifying glass on it, look at your grandparents, look at your great, great grandparents and not just the stuff that they tell you and they show you, because if let my grandma tell it, I had to ask her siblings. I had to ask my mom. I had to go ask and look into things myself to find truth. You can't really necessarily believe that you're going to get someone's dirty laundry 
that's your relative. They're not going to just give you their dirty laundry or they're not going to just tell you. You're going to have to do your own research and look at the cycles for yourself and see what's playing out in your life. And that's how you fight against it or that's how you embrace it or that's how you at least know what's coming, right? You have to do it because sometimes a lot of times you're not going to be told. You're going to have to see and you're going to have to hear stories and you're going to have to do your research on, and that's what's going to reveal to you what you may be up against or what you're going through. So when I see that in my family dynamic, like maybe the love life of the Smiths girls, right? And I call it the Smith girls because after seeing how beautiful all of us are and and seeing the dynamics oh yeah and and, and not just smith girls the smith boys <laughs> the smith period right the family bloodline when i'm looking at it like yeah i see that and i can't and and the thing is it even though it's so pertinent because i'm looking at mother i'm a a mother to mother so it's my mother it's generational because I'm a woman so it's I'm gonna see it more from my mother's aspects but then for my father's side I'm looking more of the health aspect like what what health wise y'all okay there's some mental health or there's some things what is cycling in this generational on this side right and so I have to not only look at one dynamic, but both dynamics of my mother and father and their parents, right? So one side seems to battle with addiction or alcoholism or different things like that or mental health. I have to pay close attention to ensuring that there's a balance in my mental health, a balance if I drink alcohol, a balance whatever I you know subject myself to because of the family history or genealogy and excuse me and then also allowing my kids while they're kids to be very much well aware so that they they're less things that they have to um know about or get snuck up on as they're just going through life right just going through and not knowing exactly what it is or the, the dynamic of what they are facing um, I was very much surprised. I had a first cousin I hadn't seen in 20 years um, show up yesterday from Hawaii. And he surprised me. He he is awesome. He's doing phenomenal. Um, he is a uh, he's a boss, but he works. He, you know, he's a Navy man and um, and flies. He's a pilot. He flies hair, airplanes and jumps out of air. I mean, not airplanes, but uh, helicopters and jumps out of helicopters. He just said he just got finished going on a European tour. He'd been to France. I mean, all the places he's been to, like, I know when I talk about the places I've been to, or when I talk to people around me, I, I mean, I've been to a lot of places. And so when I talk to even my students or I talk to people, especially in this town, and I talk to them about where I've been or, you know, um, I feel like, you know, one of the highest in the room, you know, I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody, but I just feel like more experienced. I've been more places. I know more things. I'm intelligent on so many levels. I'm open to spirituality. I have these experiences. I've wrote these books. So, you know, I have a long rap sheet of uh, accomplishments and I'm really proud of those accomplishments on top of, yes, been married a couple of times. Yes, I've had kids. Like I've, I done had several people's lives a few times and, you know, and I'm only in my, you know, I'm only in my thirties. I still got a whole, whole heck of a life to live. And so, yeah, that's intimidating, right? And I know I could be intimidating. But when I'm in a room like, you know, surrounded with someone like my cousin, who is very successful, travels all over the world, lives in Hawaii, comes down here and and I see how he lives you know he can buy a car you know cars with like he got some money you know he's he's well off he's you know doing what he wants to do and traveling to France and Greece and, and and Italy and all these things right and so when I when I have a conversation with him or like, you know, I showed him around my house and then we went to, uh, oh, and then we went to our, see our grandmother because he said he was here really just to see her because, you know, she is getting up in age. And so I showed him where she lived and, you know, we were supposed to have dinner, but we ran out of time 
And so he's invited me to Hawaii eventually. And I want to go. I definitely want to go. And I am going to go. Like, I probably will be going this summer. I'm just going to be like, uh, you know, because I'm just getting the flight. And I'm coming out there. I'm going to be in Hawaii for a little while. <laughs> because why not? You know, I'm out for the summer. Out of school. I'm out of work. But I'm still getting a paycheck. I didn't realize how good it would be, right? Being a teacher is really challenging. But their rewards and perks are phenomenal. Like, and the passion that I have to do it matches the perks and I'm I'm very very uh blissed in my lifestyle and yes I say bliss because I feel like I like blissed better than being be blessed and I don't know so it still means something good you can say what you want to say I'd be changing the words because I definitely know words are power and power when you speak it can manifest into reality and so I'm trying to be very conscious minded of those things but yeah he came uh my cousin came and visited me I hadn't seen him he didn't visit me directly but um it was a very pleasant surprise and it was in the nick of time so on I'm, you know, talking about saving money and putting money up and calculating if I want to, you know, impose a car payment or car tax onto my lifestyle. And I'm a heavy spender and I'm and I'm um, recognizing that I have heavy spending habits because I have a budget. I calculate. I see my finances and I see my accounts and I see where my accounts are and I and I know there is no good reason on earth my accounts should look like they look they should be very plentiful not saying they're not plentiful depends on you know if my kids are looking at it, they're like oh yeah mom you're rich my daughter says I'm rich all the time if I'm looking at it, I'm like oh I'm just a few paychecks away from broke and then if you know and it's tax time right and then if someone else is looking at it you know someone's established like with my cousin he's like oh no you you can't you can't go you can't take a plane trip to Hawaii for about two years with or three years or maybe five years way your stuff look or you know then I look somebody else look at him like well it looks better than mine you know so it doesn't matter like not trying to compare but I am taking acknowledgement that I could be in a way better place financially than I am and I know that it's not that I don't have the resources available or coming into me it's what I'm doing with those resources. Am I a consumer or am I an investor? And am I saving? Am I being frugal? Well, there's a balance to it, but I don't have, a lot of times I I have yet to um, have the <sighs> discipline needed to not buy what I want when I want it right? The waiting process, the the instant gratification is something that I am awaiting, like I am trying to get control over because I do see, I mean, I could buy things, right? And sometimes I wait and I could be in a better position to buy things that I know I would want. Like I knew I, I know I want a new car. I know that my old 2004, 2004, right? It's literally almost 20 years old car is going to start. Ha- it's going to give out, right? It has over 200,000 miles. Most cars, you know, they, they be good to make it over 200,000 miles. I've made it to 211,000 miles and now my car don't want to move forward. <laughs> like I was like, and so I'm like, okay, I didn't, I did plan to have a car, a new car, but I didn't plan for it, right? When it means plan for it means I knew I wanted a new car when I got the old car. I got this car three or four years ago for $900. Yes, I've got my money at well out of it. I've probably put no more than four, three or $4,000 into it in the three or four years. So that's not bad. And whatever this is, whatever is wrong with it now, if it's not a major issue, which it may or may not be, um, if it's not a major issue, then me paying five hundred to a thousand dollars to get it fixed ain't really so bad when that's basically a thousand dollars in repairs a year, right? Or get a car payment that's a thousand dollars a month, 
And not saying that always a thousand dollars a month, but when you take a seven hundred dollar car payment because you got a brand new car, then you take the oil change, right, and the little mechanic little things that you might have to may or may not have to worry about, right? Uh, like the tires, brakes, things like that, right? You might not have to worry about it with a brand new car, but then you take the insurance on top of it, and you get full coverage insurance because you got to have full coverage insurance. That's at least two hundred dollars. So right there, that's nine hundred dollars a month. I'm saying I have to pay it on average a year. Okay, there's a big difference in that. But with knowing that, did would I rush and get into a payment where I'm paying $900 a month right now without having had $900 a month stacked up for a couple of years so I could just buy something with cash, right? And not have to worry about that over, that over, uh, yeah. With, without having to worry about the overhead, right? Or, and that's the wise thing to do, right? Plan for your big expenses. Plan to, like, I have to plan. It can't be a situation where it is where I feel in dire need. Now, in the clutch, my cousin still happened to be here while call, calling me while I'm at work and my car kind of not working in the parking lot. Luckily, you know, I have services and sh- and things that, you know, tow the car to the, to the, the shop. So now my car is at the shop. Now I'm going to wait for the expense, right? The expense, yes, I can pay for. I I have the money to pay for the expense. But at this point, I know my car is at the end, right? I know my vehicle is at the end of its lifespan. Now, yeah, it probably still get to point A to point B because that's all I've been doing with it going to point A to point B I seldom make trips out of town with it anymore but it's been on the road a whole heck of a lot and I'm I mean I've gotten my money I was very (laughs) blissful to even have the opportunity to find a car drive out and get it myself picked it out myself was and it's been working, right? So whatever they tell me is wrong or they do a diagnostic, they check it out. If it's something that I believe that is affordable, whether it's a starter type of problem, I'll pay for it. If it's a, uh, you know, uh, alternator type problem, I'll pay for it, right? But if it's the transmission that went out, right? I ain't paying. No, I'm not going to put a, uh, I'm not going to pay for a transmission that's going to cost more than the car is worth in value, you know, I'm not going to do that or I'm not going to, you know, so there's different aspects that will get me to where I'm, I'm hoping, hoping that it's just some kind of quick fix, like just a wire or something that is not, um, but a lot of times when these mechanics and things look at my car, to be honest, I have a foreign car, so they don't like that. And then on, on, on top of the car being foreign, um, it's old. It's old. And they don't, they look at the car and they'll be like, just get a new one. Just get a new one. <laughs> just get a new one. This one's going to keep going to cause you problems. Yeah, but once a year or once every six to seven months. Okay, it's not like a car payment every month. So, yeah. But I'm still trying to figure out, right? I'm. That's something I still have to figure out. Now, I don't want to have to be in the mindset of figuring things out. I do want to be in my soft girl princess era. And that's why I'm going to get back to my talking about my cousin. So um, my car's in the shop. We'll see, right? I, I don't want a new car right now. I do want a new car, but I don't want that car payment that comes with the new car. Cause, because I hadn't planned my finances efficiently for that. So yeah, so of course I wouldn't want that. However, um... Um, hey, be willing to to take life by the uh, canonies and make it work how it's supposed to work <laughs> or how it should work. But either way, I'm not down about it. Um, when my car started acting up yesterday morning, I mean, I called a coworker. So happened how how things just work out, even when they some things try not to work out. I literally called a coworker because I had ordered. I didn't know my car wasn't gonna be running. I'm doing a fast, and so I ordered her water uh, with strawberry um, 
from Starbucks. And yes, the $5 water with strawberry from Starbucks that sounds like, you know, but it is what it is. Like I, if I'm fasting, I'm going to drink water. If I'm drinking water, it might have some flavor. <laughs> but anyway, um, so my car didn't start and I called my coworker asking for a ride and I heard background noise and I was like, are you at Starbucks? And she was like, yeah, I am. I was like, can you grab my drink? Cause I always pre-order. So all I have to do is walk to the counter and grab my stuff and leave. I don't have to order there or nothing. I don't really like to, being, it's usually really packed. I don't like standing there. I don't like talking to people. You know, it is what it is. If I'm talking, it's work. Like I am now, like this is work, but I enjoy it. So if I'm giving a conversation that like this, or if it's something that I'm passionate about, or I'm teaching, then I'm going to be talking and I enjoy doing that. But just, just like frivolous conversation or just for no reason, just because I'm sitting there waiting. No, I do not like that. I do not like conversations that are uh, meaningless <laughs> just to fill time and space. I um, no, I like to, to really talk about things, philosophy, spirituality, um, conspiracy, uh, anything, <laughs> anything that gets the mind provoked. None like, uh, Oh, you see the weather? That sounds so minute. I, I am not one of those type of people. So I don't like to be in those type of, um, environments, but, um, and that's fine. I will be by myself all day long and talk on my podcast to you all and be just as happy and thrilled to list to see the listeners that are engaged with my conversation with the things that I like to talk about with topics that I like to cover I appreciate you all so much tremendously but anyway so she's so happy to say okay I see it right here I'm gonna grab it and then she came pick me up and and we started my car and I made it to work however I didn't make it from work and so that's why my car ended up in the shop but Prior to that, my cousin contacted me at work and told me that he would either come pick me up. He ended up picking me up, but that he would, you know, and we could go to our grandmother's house, probably eat dinner and things like that. He ran out of time, so we weren't able to eat dinner, but we were able to catch up a little bit. I gave him a copy of my book. Um, He's a phenomenal, like he's a reader. He is so like this was and the reason I'm talking about him and I'm bringing him up as a highlight. He is one of my favorite favorite cousins when we were kids he was my favorite he was the closest cousin that I had I'm talking about like staying a night over each other's house because our parents were up drinking and having uh having um parties and stuff and we they're neighbors like my mom and her brother were literally neighbors so me and my cousin my first cousin are really close when we were kids now have I I left here again like I said 20 uh, 20 over 20 years ago so I hadn't seen him since we were kids and to hear that he went you know he played football in college and you know he went off and joined the the navy now he's you know he has cyber security he's a he, you know he has a degree in cyber security you know he can retire in a few years from the navy he's won his like third or, or second or third tour with them and just a, amazing but what struck me about him that I wanted to stick out was his gentle, uh, his gentlemanness. Like, I do appreciate someone who's intelligent, you know, and this is my cousin. So I'm, I'm highlighting what I saw in him that makes him an exceptional man to me, a high valued man. And the fact that, okay, he opened the door for me. And I know the etiquette was, is the, how it's supposed to go is you open the door for me, right? Cause I'm a woman, I'm a lady. You open the door for me and I get in the car. Then I am supposed to lean over and open the door for you. Well, I didn't do that. Cause I was like, oh, well, and next I sat in the car And I know that I'm supposed to wait for him to run, walk around and open the door for me. But I don't do that. I, I, I am, I mean, plus he's my cousin. Like I was like, I didn't do that, but I do want, I noticed that I didn't do it and I was conscious minded of it. And I do want to realize like, okay, if I want princess treatment and I want to be treated like a lady and I want, 
a, a high-valued man in my life tr- giving me the treatment that I know I deserve, then I do have to leave room to let that man be a man, regardless. And it, and yes, I I looked at my cousin, at, looked at my cousin at those things that he was doing. And no, he's not trying to date me or anything like that. That's my blood. That's my blood. That's my my baby. So I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not looking at him like that at all. But I am looking at the respect and the gestures. And those gestures are out of love and respect. So, of course, a man that I want to build with or a man that I want to date or be in my life I want him to have the utmost respect. I don't want another man, regardless of a cousin or not, treat me better than the man that I would lay down with and share my intimate details and secrets with, right? And that's what I'm I'm learning at this age. And I've seen that. And so on top of that, what stuck out to me is his treatment of our grandmother. So when we went to our grandmother, he held her hand, he hugged her, he helped her sit down and... He really showed deep reverence for her, kissed her hand um, in a way that was just so respectful. Like I just I hug my grandma, just hug her and and give her a kiss on the cheek. And I'm just it. But how I seen my cousin treat her as a man to a woman or showing reverence to her as as he should, as any man should to their to their elders or the grandparents to their mother. That reverence to her was phenomenal. Like, I haven't seen that in real life for my... I haven't actually ever seen my grandmother done like that ever by any of our cousins. And for one, I haven't seen that type of reverence paid to another woman uh, in that type of manner in real life. Except maybe my... I'm, I think I've seen, like, my ex-husband, he shows those type of reverence. Like, um, I do see he has that type of reverence. I know my flaws. I didn't really allow that space for him to be as respectful uh, as he could be. I kind of show him the things that he needs to, to work out. I don't know why I do that with people. Like, I bring out in them their their hidden side so they can work on and and get better. And... But I, when I see their, their good side, their like respectful side or or their, you know, their better side. Oh my gosh. It's like phenomenal, breathtaking. Like, oh, that is why that man is in my life. Yeah. Don't highlight. Like, I don't know why I get to, some reason I get to highlight and see their, their, their shadow side or their dark side, but their light side, woo wee, almost outshines that shadow and dark side god god knows so anyway when i see my cousin treat my grandmother like that i was just blown away i was absolutely blown away and i'm in in awe and and, and so appreciative and it had me like i said it was enough of an experience that i am using it on part of my segment today right like it was amazing how he treated her and how he treated me and it was amazing to see him because I haven't seen him but then like I said being in his presence I'm more intimidated I was more intimidated even though he was like blown away by my accomplishments I'm like no look at you little cuz like you you doing it you're traveling you're you know you're this you're that you're you know you're you're awesome and for you to not even, you know, you haven't hit the age 35 yet. You're you're just now in your mid-30s. Like, I'm proud of you. And he's proud of me. Cause, and he looks at my life like he's proud of me because he sees all the ab- adversities that I have been able to overcome. And things that have been in my path. And he knows my, my parents' life and my lifestyle, right? But I still overcome. And I look at him as... You know, you could have been right here, stuck in Marion, having a bunch of babies, working at a factory, local factory, right? Just, you know, what it is, what it is. But instead, 
you made the most out of your situation. You moved away. You you started traveling the world. You know, you don't have a, you have one gr- almost grown child who, who live he's from, who lives in Chicago with his mom. You know, you, you, you not saying that the amount of kids is, makes a difference, but he didn't sit around making babies and, and just working, right? He's, he's experiencing life, which life is, that's what life is meant to happen to experience life. And, and I'm proud and I'm of him and I'm excited for him. And I just, I'm, I'm just blown away by his etiquette and his respect. And I, and I just think that he gave me a glimpse or faith that, you know, there are very, very good, respectful, um, brilliant, high quality, high valued men out there. And when you get a, a a chance to be in a room or and women <laughs> don't want to count discount anyone and when you get a chance to be in a room with someone and talk about your accomplishments with that person and see their respect and their humbleness and their humility it's just amazing it is an amazing experience and it makes you self evaluate after you know and and think okay what I really like that I want that in a I want that particular trait in a in a mate one day or that respect I don't want nothing less than if I see that person that that uh holds that much regard or respect for their elders or the women in their lives or things like that I don't want nothing less than now I have to conceptualize like that right because of how my lifestyle was, how I grew up and what I've experienced. However, someone who's not had nothing but that treatment from birth on, right? Who or who has seen that from their father and then won't allow won't ever see anything but that treatment unless it's somebody else being treated that way. Right? So, it's all about how you were raised in your lifestyle, but you have to take life like again by the Cononés. And I don't think I'm saying the word right. <laughs> but yeah. So I, I just... And so anyway, that experience was really something worth uh, bringing up and just just seeing, you know, everything that I, um, that I get to experience or I've seen or that I'm learning now in my age is helping me build or make a way for what I want in the future and the future is 10 minutes from now an hour from now this day as it goes forth my day is just beginning it's top of the morning and i wanted to come on here and communicate and 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 be you know transparent in my life and what my situations things i might be going through or things that i have to to uh break or see or realize or accept right and and then what I would like in my life and what I wouldn't like in my life and having actually having those boundaries and actually being able to finally be the the master of what comes in and out of my life not saying that I'm the creator now I have a creator and he gives me insight over and helps me decipher what's in and out of my life. However, what I want in my life, I am the one who decides that. And who I want in my life, I I want to say I decide that too, but not really in the instincts of who it's what I allow. And so then who I allow is part of what I allow. And what they come with or what they're encompassing or what I know that they are meant to teach me or what I might be trying to learn or what I might see. I haven't interacted with my younger cousin for over 20 years. But when I seen him, it was like re uh, just a rekindling of our childhood. And the moment was like nothing was missed. We caught up and just like that. He's back off to Hawaii. <laughs> and so 
and I don't know, I might see him this, I might get to see him this summer, because he does fun things like jump off of mountain cliffs into, you know, 60 feet deep mountain cliffs into waterfall oceans and shit like that, like, yeah, okay, thank you, you're my cousin, but I would love to experience that, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm really excited to, to, venture out and and have those really fun times if if even if it so happens to be with my blood cousin or not a family member right I would I would think I would appreciate just having experiences in my life that brings out things in me that are brilliant so yeah and not just bring out things in my life that are brilliant but bring out experiences that I, that I can talk about, right? That I can write about. That, I mean, every part of my life has been amazing, learning, growing. Whether it's been bad in some people's eyes, or phenomenal in others, or just the story of triumph in it all. Like, it's just amazing, and I and I am so happy to experience the things that I get to experience. I really am. And the people, and the people I get to experience. And so, yeah. So, if I do get to travel to Hawaii, definitely know that I will be posting this segments on Thoughts of a Black Girl. Uh, I think I tr- my trip to um, Denver, I posted that on Thoughts of a Black Girl on the YouTube page. So, check that out if you're interested. And if I do a travel like Hawaii or, you know, some of the other things that I plan to do, I'm definitely going to post that and share those experiences because those are experiences you can always have for yourself. Yes, experiences, but you also can live vicariously through me, right? On the, if you listen, if you want to see thoughts of a black girl or experiences of a black girl, whatever, right? You know, it is what it is. Just accept and receive and, and hopefully learn something, right? And that's and if you are learning and, and you are taking and implementing trends or changing things in your life, then I've done my job in some manner. I've done what I've been what God has set me out here to do, right? My creator has sent me out to do. I'm following my passion. So yeah. And in in the funny, you know, I I don't know, like at this point. I'm still on here. I'm still talking to you all. I'm still hopefully helping you in some way and that I've made some impact to your life in in a positive manner, right? And as you continue to listen, as you as you continue to see how things unfold in my life or how what I talk about, then I hope that, you know, how things start unfolding in your life. And I don't want to I really don't have time to extend the episode cuz I I do have to uh, start my day. However, I do want to bring up the point about the money, about the money right now. And I am not sure if these are scare tactics or if we are being forced to go into a currency or we're being forced to uh, funnel our money all through one's one uh, unique tunnel that um, can ensure that the government uh, is capturing everything. But to me, it looks like, it feels like I think slavery would feel like, if not, um, I can't say worse, but that's what it seems like. (laughs) Um, A system where you're not really in control of your financial uh or even if you are in control that the government is more in control than you are (laughs) and i'm not going to really get too much on that that is a segment of its own i will definitely make sure when i come with that segment and i'm talking about the currency and i'm talking about the changes in the government and i'm doing things like that that i am actually coming from a point of true research, right? Research where I'm looking into different news articles and then I'm seeing what's actually going on and then I'm coming out with how I believe and what I believe has been based on pure fact, data, 
data, however you say it, and my own um, inkling knowledge that I, I like to go off of my intuition. Okay. So with all that combined, I promise I will try not, I will not ever intentionally steer you wrong and I will give you the information. So look for that segment coming. I don't have the research right now. So anything that I would say would be just based on some other people on social media and based on what I've seen from this outside part of, you know, crypto and different things like that. And and then a, a couple of news clippings. It hasn't been something that I went actually out and sought out and looked into. So be wanting to do some research on the current events and news because I have not done so. And actually, as a teacher, it would be good for not only you, my listeners, but also good for my students to hear me uh, talk about being that I am a business teacher and I and I do take pride in um, communicating and teaching. So. Yeah. But anyway, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being consistent. Again, if you're interested, third annual Youth Explosion, July 22nd. Um, I am going to, uh, it's going to be larger than before. If you're interested in donating, again, you can send um, check or money order thoughts of a black girl at P.O. Box 21, Marion, Indiana, 46952. Um, you can also click the donate button right on uh, thoughtsofablackgirl.com. If you're interested in Thoughts of Black Girl merchandise, you can do shop now. And you will uh, what will pull up is all kind of different merchandise uh, of Thoughts of Black Girl. There's hats, shirts, purses, sweaters, whatever, you know, you're, that you would like to support Thoughts of Black Girl in. It is there for you to do if you are seeking a consultation, which I do have to be mindful of my schedule and my time because I do uh, I do have most of my most days, actually almost every day and <laughs> every day from sunrise to sundown, I am um, committed to uh doing something, whether it's teaching, training, coaching, um, tutoring, cooking, (laughs) it is something, right? Something that is uh, being given out um, and has filled my life with pleasure and passion. So I thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Again, if you want to reach out, if you have a topic suggestion, if you have a question that you want me to address, topics you want me to address, feel free. Send an inquiry or you can send an email, toabginc at gmail.com. If you're still working with Cash App, unfortunately, the late great uh, creator of that had uh, has met his de- demise by a, a, a murder, senseless murder. However, um. If you still use that app, that app was a a great creation. You can money sign, right? Thoughts of a black girl. Okay. And send it over, right? Those dividends. All right. But anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And until next time. And as always, God bless you and peace be with you.